US CPI was a bit higher than expected, but the market seems to have taken it largely in its stride, although it's helped push equities higher today. US unemployment claims are down again to the lowest week since the pandemic started, but still a long way to go, of course. And the ECB ups their forecast, but doesn't talk of taping, except to say they're not going to do it, not for a while anyway. And 10 of the world leaders are in Cornwall, no doubt eating ice cream on the promenade, but it's not sandcastles they want to build. Joe Biden has much more enthusiastic plans. It's Friday, 11th of June, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. All right, well, US 10-year treasuries are down four basis points to 1.45%, back to late February, early March levels now. Equities are up, uh, 0.7% up for the NASDAQ. It had two goes at it, actually. It uh, it gained about 0.7, lost it all, then gained it all back again. It was the same for the S&P 500, which is half a percent up, less so for the Dow, which is up just 0.1%. The US dollar has been a little choppy. It's down a bit, just 0.2% on the day. The Aussie has gained a third of 1%. The pound is up 0.4%. The euro down down a bit and oil brent and wti well they were up half a percent but uh, a little down from that now and iron ore at three week highs at around 210 per ton which is good except it coincides with less imports in in china down from 89 million tons in may uh, from over 102 million in march so uh, that's makes a bit of a difference but it's inflation that everyone has been watching let's start there with david garris director economics for markets in lab in london we saw those high ppi numbers from china yesterday of course and over night the u.s cpi also higher than expected core inflation up to 3.8 percent year on year for may these are levels we've not seen since the early 90s of course uh, you know it was an unusual year last year wasn't it but 0.7 percent month on month that's probably the number to look at uh, that's uh, that's pretty high i think so phil and that's that's that, that was the one number the market was interested in the the month on month rise in the core rate after the 0.9 percent last month so even though I think, you know, the market has taken in uh, the fact that we've had somewhat, two somewhat disappointing payroll reads uh, and uh, seems to have bought the transitory inflation story, it was still, you know, vitally interested. So this number was, um, you know, right on, on the market's radar, you know, when it was released. So mm-hmm. the market was expecting 0.5 and it came out at 0.7. So, um, you know, we did see a knee-jerk reaction to that, you know, machine trading and the, and the like. So bond yields actually jerked higher on, on, on the back of that. Yeah. But, um, but they you know, quickly came the, down again. Absolutely. So as the sort of analysis was done, it was very much a repeat of what we saw last month. Remember those four candidates that contributed, what, over half the rise in the core CPI. So mm. this time we had um, what used car prices up again, another 7% car rental prices up 12%, airfare prices up another 7%. And those three things contributed nearly 30 basis points of the 0.7. So um, yeah. you take that out and the, the Cleveland Fed's alternative um, trim mean measure, you know, which lops off, this ultra lows and the ultra highs in the CPI, um, you know, that, that, that came out at um, uh, 0.4%. So, look, it's still high. Yeah. Uh, and even that number is, you know, like 2.6% annual. But um, it does play to the transitory story, doesn't it? Well, markets, More than are, the- markets having to go each way, aren't they? Because we're, we're seeing bond yields going down, but we're also, you know, as though, yeah, you know, inflation's nothing to worry about, but also... Uh, equities are kicking off again, as though you know inflation is yeah. something to worry about. Yes, well, I think I think what we're seeing here, Phil, is that um, as I said, the, the the market came into this number 
with the knowledge of the two somewhat disappointing payroll reads and how important that is in in terms of the Fed's reaction function and what they might say next week. So in one sense, I wouldn't say the number was irrelevant, but, um, you know, if if we came into these these inflation reads with employment gains of one and a half million in the past two months, I think it would have been, we would have been looking at, you know, quite markedly different bond yields and market reaction to what we've actually, what we've actually seen. So, um, you know, we've discussed this many times. I mean, we're still well short of that substantial further progress on the employment front, aren't we, before they start tapering. 9.3 million unfilled positions, something like that, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And uh, you just do the tally of where employment is now compared to where it was before the pandemic. You're talking at least 7.5 million. And and it's moving slowly, isn't it, as well? So we had the uh, initial unemployment claims, uh, which uh, came out for the week of June the 5th. They'd fallen to Mm. 376,000. I mean, Mm. you know, it's good it's heading in that direction, but these are not big moves. Yeah, it is heading in the right direction when you think that initial jobless claims started the uh, started the year at what closer to a million, I think over nine hundred thousand in the first week of January. It's it's come down mm. a long ways, uh, you know, which which it needed to. So directionally, it's it, it's moving in the right direction, but um, you can't help thinking, Phil, that it's still that labour supply issue. So yeah. you know, the participation rate. Is still well below uh, pre-pandemic levels, as is the employment to population ratio. So, for whatever the reason, um, you know, there's still a lot of ground to make up there. So, and if you look at where the the, the way the markets priced it, um, if you look at the, you know the so-called break-even inflation rates, the market is priced for you know a CPI in the year ahead of three and a quarter percent, but then beyond the one-year horizon, really two and a quarter percent beyond out to ten years. So. It's still very, very anchored inflationary expectation. So um, mm. there's no grounds there for the Fed to be concerned at this time. Yeah, so it seems. And yet, you know, in the UK, uh, we talked about it yesterday, how the Bank of England's Andy Haldane was saying, you know, we, we, we've got to be careful that we don't go back to the 1970s where we get wage push inflation. Uh, you know, wages go up and uh, then that pushes uh, uh, prices and then that mm. pushes wages and, and up it goes. And I saw that uh, Deutsche Bank, not exactly towing the line with ECB, um, well, their economists uh, earlier in the week as well was warning of a crisis from inflation so uh, you know two views two schools of thoughts on inflation yeah. either it's going to be catastrophic or it's not going to be a problem at all there's no one saying it's uh, with somewhere in the middle is there <laughs> well it's what makes a market doesn't it different views <laughs> different views out in in the market out there but um hmm. you know if things that central banks look at is you know where employment is compared to you know where they think it, it could be yeah. And uh, both for the ECB and for the um, for the Fed and and other and, and several other major central banks, there's still still a shortfall there. So mm. there may be pockets where wages will rise, and indeed we've seen a bit of evidence that in the US and elsewhere. But is it rising, you know, across the board to the extent that you've got this sort of ongoing wage and price inflation? So that's the that's the narrative that the uh, the Fed is watching right now. And the ECB, no surprises were there from the ECB uh, overnight. There's still no inflation worries. It's all transitory. It's base effects and oil, said Christine Lagarde. That's what's been pushing inflation. Uh, so the ECB mm. is going to carry on with its pandemic emergency purchase program. It's going to uh, keep on buying up bonds until uh, uh, at least March next year or until the crisis is over. Uh, that was the word overnight, wasn't it? 
Interesting, isn't it? I think um, the fact that they didn't change, um, you know, their their tapering mm. is probably what many expected going into this meeting. But I don't think people would have been that surprised if there was some hint that they may be closer to tapering than what what the market, you know, what the, the narrative that the ECB wanted to leave the but market. They were, they were saying the opposite, was. though, weren't they? I mean, they really well, were specifying it's going to go into <laughs> next year. It was, ab- absolutely. But the interesting thing is, for when you look at the statement and the forecasts of the ECB, you know, i just written down the here, you know, the main points she spoke about, you know, the statement spoke about economic reopening, you know, the mm. vaccination campaign making significant progress, acceleration in activity in the second half of this year, uh, a gradual increase in underlying inflation, upgrading growth by three quarters of a, of a percent yep. and upgrades to their underlying inflation forecast and risks more balance. So that suggests they're a lot closer to tapering, doesn't it? Than you would have thought the, so. the view, you'd think so. So if you just read that statement and you didn't hear what uh, President Lagarde said at the press conference and you think they would have, would have been closer to tapering, then, as you said, was the key message, policy message, message takeaway. And it was interesting, a little bit of, Byplay here, and that you know, she, she suggested at the press conference that it was a, there was a you know broad consensus for the statement that was released, but on a bit of pressing, admitted that um, there were there was a division of view, views there about you know some wanting to uh, wanting to you know to think about tapering sooner. So um, mm. yeah, no, I, I think the detail was positive, but the narrative was yeah you know still very expansionary and um this time if yeah if if the ecb does continue on at recent rates of uh, qe um they'll exhaust the 1.85 trillion envelope well before march next year so they're going to have to taper at some stage or increase the size of the uh, the envelope which politically it would have thought it'd be hard to do look they're saying gdp of 4.6 percent aren't they for for this year they've upped the forecast 4.7 percent for next year interesting as you say it's still as dovish as ever even though they've upped all all of those they're going to be tapering after the fed aren't they uh, it seems if they carry on this that, 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 that's the narrative that they um that they wanted to leave the market is mm. whether that will be the reality remains to be seen i mean she did make the point that um she she was she was quite Definite that you know the EC the European uh, eurozone is in a different part of the business cycle than the US. You know, speaking about, she made the fiscal policy comparative uh, comparison between the two. The fact that US has had those stimulus packages, but of course, the Europeans have had you know the short hours work scheme going on, supporting employment right through this episode. Yeah. And of course, they've got the next generation EU. There was no mention of that really. So. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, and their their forecast suggests that growth next year in the eurozone will actually be stronger than the US as well. Yeah. Now, oil uh, it's been influenced by the uh, the lifting of sanctions on Iranian officials. Uh, this is seen as a precursor to trying to resume the nuclear deal. I think there's talks about that uh, over the weekend while everyone's together in Cornwall. So we could see Iranian oil back on uh, on world markets, maybe as much as an extra four million barrels a day. Of course, it's not all extra oil, is it? Because some of it was finding its way into the yes. markets through various <laughs> indeed, means. Indeed. But you would have thought this would send oil prices down anyway, but they... Um, you but, would. But they're up today. So what's going on there? They, they, they are up in net terms. But when that story hit the screen, Phil, um, the oil price fell by about $1.50 a barrel and almost as quickly just retraced. Yeah. So 
maybe they just want more detail about this and, you know, how all that's going to play out as far as Iran's concerned. And as you say, in any case, how quickly will all start to come onto the market in uh, in um, you know from Iran? Yeah. Now, lots of smoozing going on in Cornwall at the G7. Uh, uh, Boris has met with Joe. Uh, they're keen to get travel between the US and the UK back up. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen that quickly, is it? But um, uh, but we did have uh, but Joe and Boris and Scott all together talking mm. about infrastructure projects for emerging markets. This is going to be the West's version of the Belt and Road. I wonder if it's going to yes. come off. Well, it is all, you know, the recovery after the you know coronavirus is certainly one part of the agenda and inclusive um, inclusive recovery. And you could say inclusive, including emerging markets, and that includes, you know, vaccines and, and, and so forth as well. So mm. that's pertinent, certainly part of that. And, of course, you've got uh, the two other big items on the agenda, which is climate change. And, of course, that's allied to the infrastructure very closely as well as um, as well as china so yeah big issues that they're dealing with and it seems that uh, more multilateral approach from the u.s of course than what we saw under the previous uh, administration and lovely sunny weather down in cornwall for them this week as well so look uh, we get uk industrial production numbers out later for april the gdp for uh, april as well mm. Uh, mm. which should show quite a rise uh, you'd think so wouldn't you it, yeah with the opening of the economy yeah and uh, tonight university of michigan consumer sentiment uh, and their inflation expectations though more importantly that's another one to watch isn't it uh, look we're not here on monday and it's a fairly quiet day on monday so if we were here there wouldn't be very much to talk about but uh, we, apart from european industrial production but uh, the focus next week obviously when we come back is all going to be on the fed isn't it i think so absolutely and uh, you don't get the queen's birthday holiday in london do you ironically it's my birthday as well actually it's good i'm, I'm oh, on monday. We've, got, we've got monday off and it's my birthday couldn't have worked out better. oh dear well you actually can have the day off then i can beautiful uh we'll uh, we'll catch up with you again soon thanks dave cheers phil not that, not that i work particularly hard on any day if the truth be known that's it for today back on tuesday morning i'm phil dobby for nab see you then